It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Good afternoon. This is Kevin Tilsner of Zeitgeist Philadelphia Radio. Call ID number 91812 on uh, the TalkShoe Live network. Uh, we have a old-time guest on here, like an old-time friend from our uh, previous, long-time previous days of podcasting, uh, back with our old sister show, um, from Caution Tinfoil Hat Area days, uh, as well as uh, one from the Zeitgeist era here, where uh, uh, Kim Priori has gone down to had gone down to uh, the see Jacques Fresco at the Venus Project before he passed away. Uh, so, Ken, how you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing good, but you know, of course, as soon as we started, someone decided to do some drilling in my roof or something. I'm hoping they stop. <laughs> hey, I'm doing a podcast. Are you drilling up there? Okay, awesome. Thanks, man. <laughs> Can you wait an hour? All right, sweet. All right, that's okay. It was just my roommate. So if it was my landlord, that would have been a problem. But um... That's pretty funny. <laughs> I was like, no, immediately as soon as we started, like right over my head, I'm like, are you crazy? Um, <laughs> but anyway. Is it mad uh, or something? So how am I doing? Yeah, I'm doing all right. I mean, I've been, uh, a lot of things have happened and changed uh, in the years. We haven't done one of these in, I think, like two two years at least. Maybe yeah, three well, I mean, you had just come back from... Um... Now you're you went out towards the Midwest area, and then uh, now you're out in California, if, that, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So so when when me and you first started talking, it was uh, we were we were we were both trolling the um, uh, the the Tea Party um, people and being like, "Come on, admit it, you're a bunch of like racist bricks, aren't you?" You know. And they're like, no, it's just freedom of speech, you know. But uh, I guess I guess they all they all went off to the alt right now. Um, but uh, but uh, anyway, we busted that up. But I was in college and I was studying um, computer programming in Florida because uh, it was super cheap. And um, I was basically like with my Pell grant, I had like money left over, and I was staying in uh, my parents' house, and so you know, at the ripe old age of 34, like a good millennial. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, I was studying, uh, uh, I wanted to study artificial intelligence because, um, you know, I w- was working with Xbox prior to that, um, doing video game testing, which meant I play, had to play a lot of video games. And one of the things of all the video games that I played that I, I, I noticed that really struck a chord with me 
is that the NPCs, the, the computer AI characters, um, they all suck. It doesn't matter what game you're in. Like, all of them are, they're either, like, these kind of, like, um, you know, they're, like, cartoons that are, like, repeating these little patterns over and over again. And because of that, you know, when you play a game like Grand Theft Auto and you're driving around and you're running people down and blood's gushing everywhere, you don't feel bad about it at all, you know? Like, like, like you know, you never take the time to consider, maybe I don't want to run this person over because you just don't care because they're, like, they're not like real people in any way. Um, you know, you, you, there's, there's, there's no way to, to sympathize with them. And I think if you're trying to do, um, you know, games where, um, you know, you're, you're, you're looking at, at, at game making as an art form, then you're going to want to, uh, you know, be able to sympathize with even the characters that aren't, um, you know, uh, you, you know, so, so anyway, so that's what I was doing, and then I went off to uh, Indiana University uh, to study artificial intelligence, and we had a bunch of conversations about um, robots and sustainability and all that, and my opinion was like, no, 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 AI is not, that's not, you know, automation is one thing, AI is another, and like AI is just, it's just not ready for that sort of, uh, you know, logic processing um, to, to take over the ideas of, uh, you know, human functionality, right? And so then I went to IU, uh, which is an interesting school, um, to say the least, uh, Indiana University, and I, I enrolled in the AI program, but I also um, was studying neurology just because I was trying, you know, like I said, to make, AI that's more like people, right? So I studied all about the human brain and how that works and tried to, like, translate that into to AI, right? And everybody was like, you're crazy. Don't do that. Like, like the people at the, at the psychology department, you know, they were like, no, don't do that. That's, 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 you, you, you'll, you'll screw it up, you know? I'm like, no, no, no. The people at the, like, the, the computer science um, uh, department, they're like, no, don't study the, don't study that, you know, the, the psychology and the neurology, you know, it, it doesn't work like that, you know, but uh, they're both wrong. It totally works like that. <laughs> like, like, That's like, crazy um, because I'm working on a book as well, which is, I know what you've called in for, but like the book I'm working on, on the singularity also has like a very uh, psychological tonality to the whole uh, story that's going to be, uh, written and like the AI is definitely someone that can like uh, almost act as a psychologist as well as like understand human feelings in the like opposite way that you're speaking of. So that's really cool to hear that that eventually that like that yeah. you're even seeing that, that these types of things are eventually going to be come to coming to fruition. Well, you know that's that's what like when I finished the AI program. Um, that's what I, I, the conclusion I came to because, um, you know, I, I finally understood what thought, how thought happens, um, uh, which is, you know, uh, it, it'd be hard to explain in, 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 in several hours, but I'm not going to get into it, but basically it's not so different than the way that, um, you know, computer artificial intelligence works, uh, especially how it works these days and, um, you know, the, the level of progress 
as far as the mathematics goes, I mean, there's not um, a lot of ground. There's not a lot of ground to break in terms of the mathematics right now. It's just a matter of uh, funding and 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 just paying people to take the time and develop these systems. And nobody. The the problem is is every a lot of the people who who want to work on them are like yeah this is just this is it this is just like humans are on vacation and the people who want to fund things they don't want to view the world that way you know because then how who are the who the hell are they going to sell products to you know and so but uh, the way everything is on the internet everything's becoming free um, you know pretty pretty much I mean. It's it's a race to the bottom. Um, people are all these websites. I mean, you can get if you can't get it free, you can get it cheap, and it's just um, it's just kind of the way things are going. We really need to to think about restructuring our society, which is where we come to the one of the books that I've, I've written. Um, it's called Fake Tattoos, and uh, Fake tattoos. It's a it's a horror slash urban fantasy uh, novel. Um, it's 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 a good size. I think it's uh, I want to say it's like seventy five thousand words or something like that. Um, and it's kind of uh, well, it's 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 a it's a story of apocalyptic nature, right? And uh, society and it's eating itself up. And uh, the story is about this guy. He's a writer. I know, totally cliche. That's like a big thing in the book. There's a lot of um, talk about like what is what is cliche, and uh, you know. So he's a writer, so he thinks in terms of of writing and books and things like that. And uh, you know, he's got a background similar to mine: psychology and, and artificial intelligence. And um, well, we so, write about what we know, so that's that's. Kind yeah, of exactly. Yeah, it's I mean, kind of like. Even, even what sparked my story when I was thinking about how to how to structure mine and build mine is it's it's very much based off of things that I was studying at the time of and learning online about what exists and what's possible and where the technological trends are going, um, and then specifically that other book that I read by. Um, Ray Kurzweil uh, about the singularity is near and it it went in that direction. So writers writing about what they know about is kind of typical. So I I understand it and I appreciate it for what that is. Yeah. Yeah. And and really like it it is, it is a big vehicle for like all the things that I learned while I was in college and, and kind of like my new perspectives on the world. So yeah, it kind of made sense, but you know, just to make sure that it's it's not really me, folks. Um, that it's uh, it's set in this um, universe that it's a horror universe. So there's there's um, vampires and uh, the Satan and God are real. And um, uh, let's see what else. Um, you know, there's like the there's the government tracking monsters and, and stuff like that, right? That's that's going on. But like all of that like is you know, and, and part of this the 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 question in in going through the book is like 
how much of this is in the imagination of the of the, the characters uh, and how much of it is real um, is kind of one of the, the questions going on that you're carried through the book because um, you know this guy he's 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 on the breaking point right so so his his last book was shit and now he's got no advance and he's got one more book he's got to write or the publishers are going to uh, drop it, right? And he's got no money. He's working as a bike messenger uh, for, for less than minimum wage because he's, uh, he's one of those um, app companies, and so he's, he's only making, like, $5 on the delivery. And, um, he, yeah, and so it's a, he's just really, like, at the breaking point, and, uh, you know, he's living in this squat, and there's all all people in the, the squad are all in their own situations, and the thing that's just the, the unhealthy living situation. Uh, but he meets this this girl, right, who is a, a mind reading vampire witch, right, and he's just like totally in love with her from like the moment he lays eyes on her, and so he gets really inspired, so he starts like writing, but like. The more time he he spends with her, and the more he writes his book, the more he's kind of drawn into these these darker elements um, of of the world, and so he he starts um, you know he he, he peer, every chapter he peers more and more behind the veil, and uh, yeah, and it's great if you like like crazy like. Um, you know, if you like like crazy stories with like demons and shit like that, and like uh, lots of there's lots of sex. There's like I think like four or five really awesome like sex scenes in there, and uh, just all sorts of crazy goth fetish shit and and stuff like that. And uh, you know, it's 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 a jam packed fucking story. It's full of fucking philosophy. If you like that. You know, because um, he he goes around and he's talking to everybody and trying to get everybody's different um, opinion on on the view on their view of the world and, and reality and what it is. So like a lot of other people get to uh, voice voice their opinion and see it from different people's perspectives. And yeah, it's just kind of like it's kind of like uh, my masterwork. I don't want to give away too much of the ending. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's the first one and it's, 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 uh, in a series and it's going to be an epic, epic adventure, um, to the end of days on planet earth. Well, I like the fact that you have it, um, like you use the correct, the, the very correct terminology of apocalyptic, which is like that unveiling of things. And that's obviously like what you and I have been talking about for like the last, what, five to seven years that we've known each other across the internet. And um, it's it's all about that, like, seeking of truth and finding it and knowing that it's out there and not just, like, X-Files level, I want to believe, but, like, we know it's out there. Now we just have to go and find it and uncover it for ourselves, especially in this world of... Um, in this information age that we are in where ignorance is uh, kind of a choice 
and and I like the fact that like your story goes into into that direction of like an unveiling of of like the those types of uh, of that sort of direction uh, of story like there are not enough stories out there in my opinion where people are inspired to do such a thing in their own lives yeah yeah no um it's uh um well i think that's what like you know isn't that all the stories that that we love though like that that allegory of the cave you know the matrix and 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 uh like every you know pretty much every story that's that really um that brings it home inception or uh what's the one with the the guy the correction agency like any of those where where we get to kind of look at life as being um you know a a a system that has rules and then once you learn those rules then you can navigate your way through it better <laughs> yeah. yeah and it also then depends on like looking on looking at who created those rules and and who is this like they that like founded our societies when it comes to those sorts of um like like I said, who defines those rules and why and what they're going for in order to make things the way they are. And, yeah, I, I really have always appreciated those sorts of stories. Unless exactly like you said, like The Matrix is one of the, the my favorites. And anything that goes towards that idea of, of um, understanding beyond the conditioning that we have all been forced to undergo in our modern society. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, that's, uh, there's actually another thing that I learned in college that, um, isn't in any of my books I've written yet. I was actually, I wanted to, to, to take those ideas and turn them into a, a video game at some point. But, um, um, the, I studied a lot of ancient, uh, societies and it was I didn't it wasn't my intention to do that but um, I had to fill electives um, in order to graduate right um, like so like like I did all like the hardcore like math and all like the AI and all that crap psychology um, up front right that's like this is what I came to learn and I like I did all that and nothing else you know and then they're like, okay, but you have a, like a lot of electives to fill, and so um, I, I I was like, okay, I did like uh, ancient, uh, yeah, I did ancient societies, and I did um, uh, ancient uh, Greek philosophy, and uh, there was another one, uh, uh, just a lot of like uh, uh, Greek and and Roman history and stuff like that. Um, and so uh, I studied, so I, yeah, one of the things that I found really, really interesting about that um, is that uh, um, the, uh, the, the reason men exist, so this is the first, like as far as we know, we go back to like the first version, it's like Mesopotamia, right, that we have like actual records of, of course there's stuff before that. But um, but that they were the first ones to make something a language that lasted long enough that we could we could read it right 
And so, um, and we didn't even know it was a language for like a long time. We thought it was just pictures. Um, and because uh, uh, they, they write in this strange way, right? So you know how like the Egyptians, they have the hieroglyphics and it's just like, you know, it's, it's, it's like Twitter basically, right? Um, with all emojis, right? Um, but uh, the the way yeah, it's the funny how we've come full circle, isn't it? Like with now yeah, we yeah. these emojis, and like it's just like this pictograph <laughs> that that Egypt used, the Egyptians used to use. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly, right? Because it works, you know. Um, you've only got so many characters. Um, so, so, but what the uh, the way the Mesopotamians did it, and they did have their own kind of like hieroglyphic style thing, but that all that's gone. Um, the, or mostly gone, um, but they're, they're actual. They would make a a picture, and depending on the placement of the, um, you know, certain objects in the picture, um, it told a story, right? And um, and and the only reason why they figured it out is because they had, like got like a whole bunch of them, right? And they were like, oh, these are made this many years apart. And so why, you know, they're like, why are these, like, why do they make these so far apart? And so they started looking into their, um, what they were digging up, and they're like, oh, wait, so the stuff on here corresponds with this stuff. And so they went around and they figured it out that it's, it's basically like the story of, like, the, this past couple of years, this is what happened, right? And so, so one of the things that they got out of this was that um, – the Mesopotamian gods, they created man because they couldn't do work, right? They couldn't, they, 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 they created like the, the heavens and the earth and all this stuff, right? And they can create all that and they can create men and they can create anything, but what they can't do is work, right? So, um, so they needed men to, like, sort out the fields and build the pyramids and do all this, you know, crap. Because their gods, they're made out of smoke, right? They're, they're, they're ethereal, ethereal beings, so they can't interact with anything, right? Um, and so they created men to do that for them, right? Does that sound familiar? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I've done a lot of studying on a lot of the ancient uh, stories along those lines as well. Uh, it's there's uh, the the story of the Anunnaki coming from the tablets of Enki uh, are very similar in nature uh, and especially with with how it even uh, overlaps a lot with with uh, like biblical scripture uh, especially from Genesis and stuff. Like a lot of the stories are. Oh, hello. Not just not just the creation of man and the the story of like Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel, uh, but the flood as well. They're they're all. Um, Uh, when you read those stories and understand that those stories were written like. to the biblical scriptures that uh, had copied them. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, um, but anyway, when I said sound familiar, I, what I meant was like, like a little bit like our society, right? That we have these, 
these rich people, right? And they're so busy with all this money that they can't do any work themselves, right? So they have to get all of us to do it for 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 them, right? I mean, it's the same thing that's been going on and on. And back then, they you know their their leaders. That's you know they were considered to be like the you know if not the representative of God, the embodiment of like the gods themselves by like birthright or or some crap like that. And and it's kind of the same thing, but now we're doing it with like this kind of uh, shell game where we're saying, oh, it's just the person who has the money, they're the god now, you know. And so um, you know so things don't things don't really change, and, and it's pretty much that way through through all of ancient history. And the coolest thing, um, I, I can't remember the name of the island. I think it's like um, uh, Ionian or Ionian or something like that. But there, there's uh, these islands in the Mediterranean, and there's an actual story, right, on this, this island because they believe in the ancient gods, the Greek gods, and those people, um, but then you know uh, the the word of um, uh, uh, the Israel king uh, Yahweh, like you know, you know they were coming onto the island, the traders, and talking about their god, and so um, and these are trading people, right? So a lot of people, you know, believe that this is where you'd have people like um, Joseph, Jesus's father. Uh, would have traveled through these these areas and stuff, and so they had a um, they 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 have a story on their island about how Zeus and Yahweh uh, had to duke it out to see who was the true God, right? And this is like I was like hearing about, I was reading this I was like what this is crazy, and so they both had to pick champions, and so Zeus picks uh, Heracles and um, and and uh, but Yahweh picks death, the angel of death, right? And so these guys are they're, they're duking it out, um, and uh, Hercules kills death, so death goes to the underworld, but it doesn't matter because he's death, so he comes back, and so on and so forth until um, he he basically pretends to die, and then and then Hercules is like, ah, I won, and then death comes up behind him with his sickle and is like chops off his head, and he's like, nope. And then Hercules is, uh, he's in the underworld, and Zeus is upset about it, and so um, in order to get Heracles uh, back, or Hercules, whatever you prefer, in order to get Heracles back, um, he makes a deal that he'll leave the island forever and let Yahweh rule over it, right? So how crazy is that, right? Interesting, yeah. I, I mean, it sounds a little similar to uh, Orpheus and um, trying to think of the other ones. Uh, like, uh, didn't like Orpheus lose his head? If I'm not mistaken, at some point. Orpheus? Yeah. Are we talking? Are we talking about the Matrix, or are we talking about something else? Are we talking no, about no, Orpheus? Um, or, like not, not Morpheus, but Orpheus. Like the. Um, I, I forget. I'm just going to be honest with you. It's been a while. Um, I know that uh, uh, Neil Gaiman had uh, done a rewriting of it when he did his Sandman comic stuff. And because, okay. like, Morpheus was the, the dream god in that story, of course. 
and uh, where like he was Dream in in the the sand. He was the Sandman, and then uh, I believe it was like the Sandman's son was Orpheus, and it's it. Um, and the only part of him that was in the part of Orpheus that was in the story was uh, was left over because it was now in, in modern times was his head. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Neil Gaiman was pretty awesome. I, I, I always appreciated him. The uh, that the eighth uh, eighth uh, uh, issue of um, that story uh, of the Sandman story introduced his sister uh, Death, and she was uh, really uh, amazing as well. And um, I, I always had a deep appreciation for that whole tale. Is also, they had like these seven incarnations of immortality, uh, and they were like uh, dream, death, desire, um, uh, and then one of them was delight. But in the '60s, she took too much acid, so she became delirium. <laughs> and then there was like. Um, destruction and uh i forget what the others are but uh yeah that was a really interesting story from the sandman comics and uh it it sounds uh like it sounds like neil gaiman may have read what you're talking about and um like the head of orpheus is it reminds me of what you're talking about with uh like I, I like they, they had a background story of it and it re- resembles what you're talking about with Hercules's head. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, I actually haven't read much of the Sandman uh comics. I, I've been meaning to. Everybody tells me they're 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 dope. Um but uh yeah, I haven't I haven't gotten around to it. Um been I've been reading having to you know, when you're when you're writing you have to read a lot of books. So so let's talk about the um the the artificial intelligence again for a second. So so I was uh in college, right? And um and I I I was having trouble getting credits for the artificial intelligence program um because there was a big snafu with their funding and um they were they were splitting up the departments and the funding wasn't um being distributed properly, plus all the top, uh, you know, uh, PhD AI guys, they're all going to work for companies uh, for a lot of money because they all want PhD um, uh, people these days because, hey, everybody's got a bachelor's and a master's. You know, if you, if you, so now all the PhD guys are sought after, um, and so they couldn't get professors. So we were we were really low on professors, and um, and so I, I uh, wanted to see if I could get an independent study um, with uh, this other professor from from the, the other half of the split department, right? And because um, there was no professors on my side, and uh, so he was uh, an AI guy, but his focus was on music, and he was making um, the the AIs. Uh, that would create their own music, um, mostly based off of uh, generational learning, um, which is, you know, it's pretty cool. There's actually, like, there's a lot of really great AI music, especially out of Japan. 
those guys are knocking it out of the park. They even have lyrics and, and everything. And it's, uh, yeah, if you have a chance, just I can, there's this one that's really tight. I can't remember the name, but you should check it out. Uh, but anyway, so I had to pitch something to this guy. And I was, I'm not, I mean, I play music, but, you know, like I said, I play music, but I ain't no musician, you know. So I wouldn't really know the first thing about trying to tell a computer on how to write music, but I needed this guy to, like, write me off on an independent project so I could get the, the credits. And um, so I was like, how, how am I going to pitch this to this guy? And I was like, well, what do I know about it? I was like, okay, you know, books, right? Like, because like, I was thinking about the independent publishing thing. I was like, how could you make, like, a lot of money using a robot, right? Because, like, I was like, I'm going to be broke when I get out of college because I only have a bachelor's degree. Um, and so I'm like, how do I make a lot of money? So I was like, how about a robot that writes books? And I was thinking about that. I was like, that's really, really tough. How would you, how would you get a robot to write not only a book and a coherent book, but like a book that's actually good and people want to read, right? Because if they don't, they don't buy it and they don't read it, then you're not going to make any money. Um, and so then I was like, well, if you if you want, how do you learn how to write? So you, you have to read books and see how they're written and understand, like, story structure, right? And so then I had this idea. It's like, okay, I would get a a uh, um, uh, a builder robot that would read books and then give a book report on the book, right? So the whole idea was to get a a computer to read books, understand the books, and then be able to understand which books it liked better than other books, right? That was that was my concept. And um and so I, I pitched it to the guy, he's like, You're crazy, you know. I was like, okay. And so then I was like, I was I'm like, I'm still gonna work on it though. And so I enrolled in a children's literature co- course, right? Because I was like, how how do you learn how to read, right? And so that's what I thought it was going to be. But it was actually for, like, um, like school-age, you know, children's books. So it started off with, like, kindergarten went through, um, like, 12th grade, right? And you just read, like, an entire school year's worth of books in, like, three months. And it was, it was hardcore class. But I really fell in love with storytelling and writing. And that's when I wrote my, my first book, a uh, children's book called The Bear Wife. And that one's available for print on Amazon, um, and it's matchbook. So if you buy the print, you get the ebook for free. Um, it's also on KU, so you can read it for free on KU. And and if it's not on Amazon, then you can always read my books for free on uh, my Wattpad. Um, Ken Ken Poirier, it's K-E-N-P-O-I-R-I-E-R um, on Wattpad, and uh, you can get my my two latest books. Are, are there to read for free. The earlier drafts, uh, like I think I said before on the webpad, but, but they're there and you can read them. Uh, and I think Kevin's going to give you the link if, if you want it. Um, and uh, where was I going with this? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, that should so, already be in the store, in, in the uh, show notes. Yeah. So, uh, the well, for people listening on, on the iTunes, you know, now they know. Uh, shameless self-promoting. Um, so, uh, anyway, so yeah, so I was like, uh, but I didn't learn about how, how you read it all. Right. And so, 
And then I went to the education department, right? And I was like, okay, let's look at, like, you know, kindergarten teachers and stuff like that. And so I'm, like, going all over, like, the freaking campus like like a madman because none of the departments, this is the big problem that I saw at IU, and I'm sure it's the same everywhere. Um, the departments between, uh, they all have their own buildings, they all have their own funding, and none of them talk to each other. Everybody thinks everybody else is wrong. Like kind of like the internet. Everybody thinks everybody else is wrong and that their way is the right way and like like uh, everything else is not worth even learning about, you know. <laughs> so it's like getting these people together to like kinda to 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 do stuff was just such a pain in the butt and I was taking like a bunch of classes where um I wasn't even getting credit for it because I just I had to take classes to learn what I wanted to learn, you know. And so that's why I eventually switched to mathematics uh, out of computer science because that allowed me uh, to be, to, it gave me more um, uh, electives, right? So I could go to these other departments and take these classes and stuff. Um, so at the end of it, um, yeah, basically, how, how do you teach a computer how to read and enjoy books? Well, you, you do it the same way that you, you do with a child. You sit there and you're patient and you let it read something and it tries to tell you what it thinks it means and you tell it if it's right or wrong. And at first it's really, really slow, just like a kid. It's really, really slow and it's time consuming. And fortunately with the internet, we can set up like a website, you know, where all sorts of people can help teach it, but then you know, you have to worry about, you know, the neo-Nazis getting a hold of it and <laughs> getting it to say awful things, you know, um, which is what we've seen a lot when, when that happens. So, you know, and that's where that's, see, that's the problem is you really need to spend money on people who are doing their job to teach this thing how to read and do it correctly and nobody in the business world wants to spend that kind of money. What? teach a computer how to read a book and enjoy it. What is the point in that, you know? But the point in well, that is this that is kind of also like way ahead of one and where people are thinking about, like people are thinking about society and this is kind of like, this is advanced thinking for our society as to how to get like a machine to appreciate a, a novel and it's something that I don't even think I've ever had someone else bring to my attention beyond say Star Trek and like data reading books, you know, like that, like the, these kind of concepts in reality are, are like, we're on the cusp of having the technology to do it, but it sounds like you're going to be the guy that actually has probably done some of the most fun this kind of Right. Well, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be able to do it unless uh, you know um, we either have a, a way to drastically change how we operate our society, for starters, or if we uh, you know have somebody who's just like wants to play money fairy, you know. <laughs> that's that's definitely a huge part of the problem. Yes. But what was the point you were getting at? I apologize. I didn't mean to cut oh. you off. 
that seemed oh, like something that was important to mention. Well, yeah, well, no, it was just, it was just, you know, to say that that it's something that's totally possible, right? Like, like the the there's there's no human being on Earth who will ever be a computer at chess again. Like, like it's it, you know, right now chess computers play each other. They don't play humans unless it's in a video game version of themselves. You know, like, like it's. It, it just, it, it doesn't, uh, you know, it, it's, everything's so beyond what we think uh, it is, right? And there's so many young people um, coming out of college who understand um, these these new innovative ways of doing things, but they don't understand is how you make money at it, right? And that's the problem is the people who have money, all they really want to know is how they're going to make more money. Right. And, and, and you don't even know why anymore, <laughs> you know, like, like, like they have so much money. It's like, why, why would you, why would you want to make more money? Like, what do you what to make more money to make more money? It's like those old eighties Coke commercials, you know, I mean, not like, not the drinking Coke, the snorting Coke, you know, the guy running around in circles. I do more cocaine so I can make more money. So I can do more cocaine so I can make more money, you know, which is probably where the money is going if, if I had to take a guess. But, but you know, it's like, it's, you know, it's like, come on, guys. Like, like um, you know, uh, the, 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 the value in what, what the younger generation is and some of us in our generation understand is that the value that you would get from having these things existing is far greater than any money you could possibly ever make off of it, you know? And, and, and it's a hard concept to, to get across um, to people when, you know, starting off the bat, they don't even think that what you're doing is possible and the only way you would ever believe it, because, I mean, I was a computer guy, and I didn't believe it for years. I didn't think it was a reality. And then, you know, I, I, you know, I do two years of artificial intelligence at IU, and you get to the end of it, and you learn about Bayesian nets. And let me tell you, once you see Bayesian nets in action, you're like, holy shit. Like, the human race is over. Like, like... Uh, there's there's nothing that uh, a, a human can do that that a computer, given the resources and the help to do it, can't do better than a human being. Like it's just oh yeah for sure. I mean uh, that's part of the reason why I've been talking so much about like automation and stuff is like why why like. Why should we be forced to work and do all these different things when a computer or a, a robot or automation could do all these things better and quicker? It would allow us to then do more with our resources and, and um, create more, and it would give humanity a different function in the universe rather than just paying bills and trying to survive, it would give us, um, they, they, they joked about it in um, um, this show called Humans where they have a bunch of synthetic people 
where like they have so many of them that they that the robots are doing all these different jobs and this dude's like losing his job over it and uh the one girl makes a joke about how what are we all supposed to do just be poets and shit and i'm like you know what's wrong with that and why can't poetry uh just extend to art in general and then why can't our our art become a a complementary type of thing to the where what you're doing becomes an art form in in and of itself where we have all these different resources available to us through these machines that allow us to then uh, create on a more dynamic scale than we are currently even able to fathom. I mean, I, I used to like, I still start to like wonder, Oh, what's this, what's that? And what's the other thing? And like try to define something. And my kid is just like, dude, just Google it. And I'm like, you know, shut up. Like, you're right. But, you know, like, it doesn't even dawn on, like, he's lived with Google at his fingertips, just knowing an answer to something at his fingertips at, at any moment in his life. He can just say, hey, Siri, tell me, tell me what this, that, and the other thing is. And he just has right. the answers in front of him. Where me, I'm, just, I'm still thinking about, like, how do I accomplish such a thing? And he's got the answer before I can even finish thinking the question. <laughs> right, but see now coming up with the question though now is the hard part, right? Like it's like uh um it's kinda like uh, uh Hitchhiker's Guide to the the Galaxy. We know the ultimate answer, but now what's the ultimate question, right? Um, because that's that's how you get to the knowledge, right? With all the knowledge is out there and all the knowledge exists and all the knowledge is accessible. But what is the knowledge for which thou seeks, you know? And so, um, you know, that's that's really where I think um, education is really, really important. And, and, and when I was studying AI, um, I had to take a lot of philosophy um, because that's a lot of what, you know, thinking is. And we've talked about the trivium and the quadrivium before and the trivium is, uh, what is it? It's, it's reading, writing, and thinking, right? And and we've taken out the thinking part, and we're just doing the reading and the writing in our society. And it, it really, yeah, really grammar, logic, it. and rhetoric. Yeah, yeah. There's no rhetoric anymore. We're no one's, no one's. Uh, no, there's no logic anymore, right? The rhetoric is the the writing, the speaking, or whatever. Um, but uh, but yeah, there, you know, uh, like no one teaches philosophy in in high school. It's not even offered. Like, you know, it's certainly not required. Like, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think the, um, you know, even with all the philosophy I took, you know, I took a lot of philosophy, but all of it, all of it in college was, was uh, well, I should say when I went and got my associate's degree, I took it because I thought it would help with artificial intelligence. And I was right in that. And then when I got to um, the university, it was required, right? So I had to take um, tons of this. Uh, there's actually this huge math uh, process for logic, right? And it, they call it um, <clears throat> they call it uh, lambda or lambda lambda calculus. I always say lambda because I'm dyslexic, but it's lambda calculus. And um, and so uh, once you once you get that then you come to realize that all, you know, 
thoughts can kind of be broken down into uh, their relationships with each other. And so, you know, besides the fact of whether a fact is true or not, that's like kind of your basic logic. Like, is this thing this person said true or not based on other evidence that exists, right? That's, that's, your, that's your basic rudimentary logic. But then you start thinking about, like, relational, uh, relational thinking and how one thing affects another. So if this thing changes, that thing changes, so on and so forth, if, you know, if this becomes wrong, then all these other things become wrong, and therefore all these other things become wrong, or if this becomes right, so on and so forth. Um, and uh, you know that that was that was intense because you know you have this idea, like someone would write this like you know couple phrases on the board, couple sentences, and now they they'd say, okay, now turn this into a logical process. And you're like, ah, and you sit there for like 20 minutes, like writing out all these ancient Greek symbols and crap. And, uh, but, you know, it's all stuff that, that's, I mean, it's what a computer does when it, when it's figuring, figuring things out. Everything that happens on a computer ultimately comes into this sort of functional structure. And, um, you know, and then once you realize that you can, but, you know, you can show any thoughts as math, then it, from there to make the jump to, well, a computer can think anything, then then you're, you're not that far off. Okay, I get you where you're going for, from that. Yeah. Like, how far are we away then, say, from, from what you're talking about? I mean, it doesn't seem like this... Uh, as much as I appreciate the idea of this uh, Sophie uh, an honorary membership to a society, um, it, Sophie, like Sophie could, doesn't, I don't think could actually read a book and appreciate it. I think she gains knowledge in a different way, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not really sure. And like, uh, how much latitude is then she given in order to be allowed to go and then um, download knowledge and in such a capacity at what point does she start reading like Shakespeare and, and your books and stuff like that and, and like and then get to that level of then being able to write its own stories. Yeah, well um, the, you know that's that's like I said. It's um, it's the, all the answers are there. It's a matter of time of taking all the little pieces and putting them, putting all the ducks in a row, and all of that. And you know, it's it's a it's 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 one of those things that is um, exponential in nature, kind of like the 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 deflationary value of our dollar. <laughs> you know, it's. It doesn't. It doesn't go down. It only goes up, and it only goes up faster and faster. Um, the 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 longer it goes, it's it's you know it, everything has its own sort of singularity, if you will. Um, to try and calculate the time, that's really is a matter of fact of how you know because the way our society is structured, it's it's a matter of fact of who wants to spend 
the money on it, you know, because trying to do open source projects and get those going um, is really, really tough. Um, you know, with those, most of those start off as a one-man project, and they have to basically finish it and then open source it. And then once it's finished already, then people will start to, you know, join in and make improvements on it. But but generally, um, you know, uh, that's that's got to happen first. And on and with open source projects, of course, everybody does all the easy stuff first. And then as things get, you know, so it gets more and more complex and it starts to become too much for a single person to work on, um, which is kind of one of the things that we're seeing now in the Internet. And so sometimes you'll have things where, um, you know, even if something is open source, there's ways to make money off of it. So you'll see people come together and work on some small projects, but um, trying to do bigger stuff, um, you know, that, that, that can, the getting going is very, very, very difficult. Um, so what I am working on now in terms of that project, how about that? That that make, make it easier. Um, so I've been putting out these books, right? And because, you know, part of my, you know, it's, it's a question that's constantly in the back of my head. How do I get this, this, robot to do it and that and, and that a lot has turned in what's turned me into a writer because I'm sitting around thinking, well how do you, how how what is the story and blah 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 and like, you know, how would I structure this code? But that's making me say, Oh wait, this is how a story works there. Let me write a couple real quick. And um <laughs> so so now I've got a couple of books of my own that are gonna be published. I've got um some friends of mine have some books that I'm helping them publish. And so in order to put these books out, um, I started uh, I started a publishing company when uh, right before I graduated um, college. And um, it's called Me Time Publishing. And uh, it's just kind of been so far the label to publish my own stuff, but I'm starting to publish other people's stuff. And uh, but the idea was always to make it into an automated system because right now I'm doing all the work, right? I'm the me in me time, and so uh, so what I'm trying to do is to to basically create an automated system that helps actual human beings go from uh, idea to publish book, right? Because that's where the gap is. Like anybody who's got a finished product, like you know, um, manuscripts and cover art and all that stuff, they can hop on Amazon or Lulu or Smashwords or a million other things and publish their 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 book. That is already automated thanks to Amazon and the people who copied Amazon. All right, um, that is that's that. So we can already see how that's a hundred percent automated. Um, yeah, there are some people involved here and there down the line, human beings, but for the most part, it's a bunch of digital stuff going to a Xerox machine and then some guy going and pulling the books out um, and then putting it in a box and saying, there you go, off you go. Um, so, so how do you get it to there from a person having an original idea? 
And so what I'm trying to do now, I just wrote up this like 36 page uh, business pr proposal. Um, and I still got like another, I think 10 or 12 pages of, of uh, business case study to add to it um, at the end. Um, but uh, it's, it's a layout for this web platform uh, in which people basically it's a community, right? So, so we're trying to get away from these ideas of companies, right? That's, that's the first step in our new age, information age thinking, is we're no longer thinking as, as these things as companies, but as communities, right? And so you have, you know, various levels of freedom and strictness and and going on in these different websites, Facebook, Twitter, etc., um, Snapchat, um, and then you have uh, so the, so building a community in which you go into it, but it's a structured community. So Facebook is mostly unstructured. Yeah, sure, there's 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 moderators, but it's mostly do whatever you want, talk about what you want. You know, don't violence towards anybody but other than that like you know have that um, and the idea that you are friends with people on Facebook that you are in real life but that's not really the case anymore but that was the original concept behind it so me time is different in that it's a it's it's a social media platform but it's for creating books and so we already have this self-publishing industry and the independent publishing industry and the big five uh, industry. And so um, those have their own little like niche things. If you're self-publishing, you're mostly on your own, right? And, you know, if you want help, if you want an editor or anything like that, you generally you're going to have to hire somebody. It's going to cost you a lot of money. It might discourage you from publishing, or you might publish a book that, that hasn't been edited, and then you might look dumb for putting out an a, a amateur book like I did, My First Fair Wife. When I put that out, I thought it was stellar, right? And then I got the print copy, and I looked at it, and I was like, this person's an idiot. Who made this? You know, and I had to go back and change everything. And fortunately, with the automated system, you just it's a digital file, so you just change the digital file, and the next one that prints out is is correct, even though the other ones were wrong. So that's really great. That's like you know the best part about the the, the efficiency of of the having the computers take over. They're super efficient, um, and. Uh, and, and things happen really, really quickly. But, you know, that part between printing the book and, and the ideas goes really, really slow. So how do you speed that up? So you build this community, and you can go on there as a writer or, or an editor or, or just a reader that's going to get feedback. There's a lot of, you know, anything you could think of, cover artists, anybody who could possibly be involved in the creation of a book. Even if you don't have years of experience, and it's just something that you love to do uh, or always wanted to be good at, you can go on the website, right, and then um, it, it, it's do a system where it's set up where people can help each other out, and there's an incentive, but we'll get to that in a second. Um, but also um, there's incentives, but there's also uh, like a, 
oh, I don't want to say regulation, but um, like a certification. There's a process. Um, there's built-in tools into the website where um, you can um, not only help other people can count, but if you just want to do a little test to prove your skills or take a little, like, um, uh, read a little thing or something like that, um, you know, uh, it rewards you, but it, it marks it down into your membership. So there's different memberships, author membership, editor membership, depending on what it is you do. Um, and, and you can always be more than one. But then you have, like, a rank-up. So you have that kind of gamification where you're getting that instant reward. And you're also, we want to set it up so um, we're using uh, cryptocurrency, and that's part of our um, incentive system, right? So whether you're working for somebody else or if you're, um, you're, you're doing uh, just tests or certifications, whatever, whenever you're doing work that's helping to promote the, the, the website um, and the people in it, in the community in any way, um, then you get like a, 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 a digital currency reward, all right? Um, and then the digital currency is um, basically it's, it's what gives you power to, to, to work on or to help projects along. So, you know, you can use it on your own book or if somebody else is doing a book you really like, you can, you can give them your digital currency to, to, to help them so they can get more people to work on it. Um, and, and, and stepping away from actual money, right? And, and we want it to be a cryptocurrency so that, but this not for ourselves, real money, cryptocurrency, it's all, it's all just something imaginary that we want to make us do stuff, right? Um, but it's the, the, the digital currency on the MeTime platform, it's basically like a contract, right? So it's an investment. So if you give, um, you know, your time, you know, you can, you, to somebody, they can give you the coins and you can keep the coins or you can turn it around and put it back into the project you just worked on. And then that gives you, um, that gives you uh, an investment in the part in the project. So when it goes out and the project goes out, you will get a royalty share based on your work put in versus what the other people put in. Are you still there? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm still here. I'm just trying to think of, like, um, it, that sounds really amazing because it's almost like a, a, a time banking. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to think of it, yeah, definitely, you know. Yeah, the kind of the idea of, like, the, the, the work credit hour, you know, um, it's kind of, kind of like that idea, um, except for we have a computer that's running it on, on, on something secure like a cryptocurrency where we can view the transactions to make sure that everything's on the up and up and everybody's being treated fairly, you know? Right, right. So in, in, in that way, if you're somebody who's new but in you, your talented but you don't have money to hire somebody with real money, I mean, the, 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 if the project has, you know, people believe in your project, and you can show them what you're doing is really good, then, um, you know, you can use these, these coins as a way um, to, to get, get it, you know, get help from people. 
elicit help from people, I would say. And then, um, you know, basically, besides the two normal working methods, I was also thinking of having, um, like, a special member that I'm calling the, the angel muse right now. Um, and the angel muse is, is, is somebody, you know, important in some way. So it could be, like, a, a, a famous author or maybe somebody who's important in civil rights activism or, or anything um, that, that we, we, we could say that this person could be a good judge of, of what um, kind of stories we need in the world, you know, and, and then have them have a, a, like basically like their own little piggy bank that they can uh, dole out the coins to special projects that they think are really, really uh, spectacular. Right on. That sounds amazing, yeah. actually. That way, you know, it's 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 not a popularity contest, which is what I've seen on some of these other sites, where it's just like, oh, you know, how many how many clicks can I get? You know, um, this way, you know, there's actual people with uh, a stake in the idea of the community who are, right. are kind of co- coaching it along. You know. Ice, yeah, no, you know. I mean, a perfect uh, example of how I would use this system myself is uh, the once I'm done my story, one of the uh, one of the avenues I would have liked to have seen it um, get taken on is turned into almost like an anime. And my ultimate pipe dream was to have the dude who did um, Aeon Flux for MTV animate uh-huh. it. And to have either his input or have him even point me in the right direction to try and get other animators to help this project along or get it to that next level would be mm-hmm. phenomenal. And if, you're, if your design works in that kind of capacity, having people who do have... Um, that kind of pull in the industry available and to give them these credits towards getting their projects done if they want to see stuff done in the future would be amazing for everyone involved. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's kind of the idea because, you know, like I said, this is – it's so hard to pitch this, right? So right now, I'm, I, anything that's, that doesn't going to make millions of dollars instantly and it's fail-safe, like, like you, know, you know, people don't want to listen, you know. Um, but um, that's why I'm trying to set this up as a benefit corporation right now. Um, are you familiar with this? No, I'm, I'm all ears, though. Okay, so benefit corporation is my new favorite thing, all right? So, so it used to be nonprofits were my... my my favorite thing. I used to have the not not for profit uh, podcast, and um, and I was all about the nonprofits because I was like I was like all right all right because you know you you know me I was a libertarian so I was like uh, and this was this was kind of like my big break with the libertarian party too because um, you know that was that was my my challenge to everybody. I was in all like every libertarian forum on Facebook, like every state, every local city or county chapter like I was like hardcore um uh and so like I was like here's your challenge right uh you guys think we don't need 
socialism. Well, capitalism has a vehicle in which you can do stuff so the government doesn't have to. You know, like like if you set up a nonprofit for for making free roads for people to drive on, then uh, you know the the government doesn't have to pave the roads. You know, and all the other examples. You know, like. Set up free health care for people through the nonprofit system for the people who need free health care then if you don't want the government to do it. Like these things have to happen. This is this is this is what I think you, me, and younger people than us understand in this world very crystal clearly is that these things have to happen. Like it, it's it's going to happen. It's just a question of what kind of misery we're going to have to go through before it happens where people say, oh, okay, I guess a million people a year dying in the streets is too many. Let's do something about this. I mean, uh, I just like, uh, this is, I don't go on Facebook anymore because I'm always seeing things, right? So uh, was it um, 40, 49 million Americans live in poverty? This was the news today. 49 million Americans live in poverty, and 80% of the population that's not in poverty is borderline in poverty. Like, that is insane. It's like one-sixth of the population. Yeah. (laughs) There's 300 million people and 49 million of them. Uh, yeah, you know that's almost one sixth of the entire population is is at a, a level of of struggle and stress that they are overstressed, and then people wonder why you know the the term going postal is created. You know, like it, it's it's an understandable um, backlash as as uh, to relate it to Martin Luther King's words. A riot is a la- is the language of the unheard. Like I am not suggesting people go out and riot. I am not suggesting that people um, go out and loot and rob others. But when those things happen, the reason is because they're not being heard and their needs are not being met. Like um, the Jean Valjean from from uh, Les Mis, he uh, yes he stole. It's a terrible thing. He broke the nap, you know, the, the non-aggression principle, that, that, that libertarian concept of, of the non-aggression principle. He broke it. He stole. But what was he stealing? He was stealing bread for his daughter so she could eat, you know? Like, like mm-hmm. that's going to continue to happen when people are not given the, the, uh, the access to either a stable job so that they can get their own money in order to – uh, create uh, in their own way, or if they are not given access to the what they need to survive in the first place, it's it's just going to happen. It's going to be a backlash to the system. And again, I'm not saying I think it's a good thing. Uh, I think it's a terrible thing. Uh, obviously, like no, like a store shouldn't have to get robbed in order for people to have access to what they need to survive. It, it, so, so I get that concept very, very well. Yeah, and and it's you know last year 
was real rough for me and real rough for a lot of people. And that's really what inspired me to write that, that, that fake tattoos book, because I mean, I was just, I was just trying to, to, to express to people like how bad it really was and just telling people about it. Like they, they, I mean, they, they like called the, um, the cops on me at one point because they thought I was going to commit suicide, you know? And I wasn't, but, but goddamn, like, it, like it, some, some days it, it was like, well, it, it's a wash, you know, like live and die is about equal, you know, like, like, it, it, I mean, it, it's been rough. I mean, I'm a guy with like a buttload of degrees, pretty freaking smart. And for the life of me, I can't even figure out why I haven't been able to find a decent level uh, entry position in the computer science world, other than they want people with, you know, bare minimum masters, if not a PhD. And it's like, okay, well, I am 40 years old or about to be here. Like, like, do I just go to school for another 10 years? And then what? Might as well become a professor, I guess, you know, like, like, is that, is that my only choice in life left is, you know, it's like professor or starve to death or, you know, start a company but yeah, oh yeah, the benefit corporation. I forgot about the benefit corporation. So the benefit we got we got on the libertarian, you know. Um, <laughs> but the benefit corporation is is the best of both worlds, right? Well, not the best of both worlds, but but a pretty good marriage between the nonprofit and the the uh, the for profit, right? Because none of the libertarians were going for the nonprofit, and that's when I was like, well, screw you guys, and you just don't want to do anything like to help people then fuck you like i'm out you know um and so uh so so but the benefit corporation this is a way where you can kind of start to get some headway i think with the people who have money right and you have to really kind of like the hard part is drilling in their heads that the economy is changing and that that they're you know that things besides money are important, but you want money, so here's a way you can get some and do something that that's going to benefit people, so at least it won't cost you anything, right? Because with a nonprofit, I mean, yeah, you nonprofits can get loans and stuff, and that way people can profit off of a nonprofit by loaning money to a nonprofit, and the nonprofit has to pay them back, which is a thing that happens, but it, it works. That's how a lot of nonprofits exist. Um, but they're relying on the donations that they'll get once they have the services going that will help pay off those loans and that interest. Um, now, the better concept is the benefit corporation. And the benefit corporation has the, basically the morality of a nonprofit, but it's a for-profit company. And then when I say the morality of a nonprofit is that it does the same thing that a nonprofit would do, and that is to create an infrastructure that doesn't exist in our society, right? So, like, Burger King is an infrastructure. I want a burger. There's Burger King. I walk in, I get a burger. Like, that's infrastructure, right? Um, the, the homeless shelter, the nonprofit, I you need a place to sleep for the night, go to the homeless shelter, I sleep there, and the next day I get up and I leave. That's an infrastructure, right? So, but one of them operates at a profit, one of them operates at a nonprofit. So, what you do is you got to do something kind of in between 
and that is you create a for-profit company, right, that, um, that, uh, that creates an infrastructure, right, that benefits the community, right? And then when you do that, just like a nonprofit, right, like a nonprofit, if the person who gave them the loan said, well, you know, you're, you're, you need to pay us back, so kick out some homeless people out of a homeless shelter, they can't do that, right? It's, that's, that's, that's against the law. It's a nonprofit, right? Um, the, the nonprofit's beholden to the people it serves. It, it's beholden to the, the homeless man, right? Um, not to the people who contribute the money to them. Um, with the benefit corporation, yes, they still are beholden to the people that gave them money to make them a profit, but they're first and foremost uh, responsible to serving the community. And it's, you know, it's one of those very, you know, with nonprofits, it's very clear where that line is. Uh, with the, the benefit corporation, it's a little gray, but it's definitely there. And one of the main factors is is that if the company gets sold, and this is really key, right? So say, you know, we make this great website and it's helping all these people, and Amazon's like, okay, well, we're going to buy up all the shares, and now we're going to shut you down. They can't, they can't do that. That would be a violation, right? So what they can buy up all the shares and then give the company, you know, Retime Publishing money, to keep doing what they're doing, they can do that. That's really what they what they want to do in life. But they can't like scuttle it or or um, suck it into create space or anything like that. You know um, that that would be a violation, and they wouldn't be allowed. They wouldn't be able by buying the shares. They would have to agree to not do that. So that's in the the structure um, that you can't sell the shares to somebody who would do that. You know. Um, you know, both people could end up getting sued out of the deal. Um, so, so that's you know, that's not necessarily you know, business people they don't like to hear you can't get out of a contract. But if you you know, once you persuade them that you will be making money because books they claim a royalty for like a hundred and seventy years or something like that. So like you know, there's plenty of time to to make your money back off of a book. Um, right. You know. And and if you, if you're if if you can really get a bunch of people doing it, um, then that's that's great. Now the hard part now is is that trying to I'm trying to get over this thing, and maybe it's more me than anything. But um, you know, trying to explain to people that with internet technology companies, and this is the real hard part for investors because investors are like okay, we're going to make ding-dong widgets here, and the ding-dong widgets are going to fly off the shelf in two months, and we're going to start making this much money and this much widgets, and, you know, 8 million people are going to need to get widgets, and then they're going to get the upgrade in, like, six months, you know, and, like, the, you know, that's, that's how business people think, right? But when you're building a community platform like this, when you're building social media like Facebook, all this stuff, like, like it's hard to, to, to make them understand that you're going to see bare minimum, like, like two, three years where you're going to be, like, like really starting to see your money come back, you know, um, like at all. Like, at, like the first year, you might not make any. You might make zero dollars. Like, when you tell them that, they're like, <gasps> you know, oh, and by the way, it's going to cost at least a million dollars every year to run the thing. 
you know, because <laughs> that's what it costs. If you want to hire anybody who's anyway capable, you know, like you're not going to be paying them minimum wage. Like, like that's not going to happen unless you're outsourcing it to, to you know, some other part of the world or something where there's a drastic difference in, in wages. Um, but then if you do that, nobody's going to be on your side as it is in a community you know, organization when you're, you're, you know, you're farming out cheap labor that gets around real fast, you know, like, like with a benefit corporation, like, like one of your main benefits as investors is to say, Hey, look, I'm doing this great thing for the world. That's obviously great for the world. And it's making a little bit of money too. So it's not even costing me anything like that's a huge, I would think huge bragging rights versus you know, the person who's, you know, donating, might be donating to the nonprofit, and they're obviously a very generous person, you know. Um, but, you know, this gives somebody who isn't maybe a Rockefeller to invest in, in something that's of good nature in our society instead of just, like, complete blind consumerism. Right. So that's a benefit corporation. That sounds amazing. I think you're right on on the money when it comes to something like that. When, um, like, we need that bridge between things because this way, um, it's the only thing that's going to help progress people out of that mindset of profit, 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 all mine, mine, mine. And this way, at least, leans them in the direction gently in comparison um, when it comes to something like this, it, it's definitely, a, I would agree that that's a step in the right direction. Yeah. It's, it, well, it's like uh, Warren Buffett says, you know, like gas is the, you know, of course he owns a bunch of gas, but he's like, gas is the, the, um, the bridge between nuclear energy and renewable resources. It's, it's the thing that you can, you know, even though it's not renewable, but it's it's a resource that's abundant. You know, and we won't get into fracking and all that. Obviously, he's got his own interests. But um, but you know, if you you need that 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 bridge, you know, to pick up the slack before you know the other things can catch up. You know what I mean? Right. And right, right. the benefit corporation, I think it's that slack between that monetary world and that non-monetary world. Well, I mean, this is going to be a long transition. And, I mean, like, to, no, to don't link all this back. We can't positive thoughts. Positive thoughts. It's going to be a quick transition. It's going to be so fast that we're not ready for it. And so what we're doing is we're trying to figure out how to get ready for it. Because that's the thing. is It's already here, right? And people yeah, that, put, in, in a lot of ways, they yes, don't want to put true. money into it because people aren't ready for it yet. They don't know how to take a bunch of people who have been trained to eat pizza when they see the commercial to, to, to go from that to, to a world in which, you know, um, you just have free time. Right. We, we definitely, like the future is already here. It's just not widely available yet. It's not evenly distributed yet. That that's, that's definitely a true statement. Um, so I get where you're coming from in that direction. Uh, but at the same time, there's also um, a lot of transition ideas of like, like there's this whole generation, like you were talking about that, like, 
thinks that capitalism is really messed up in a lot of ways, and it is. I mean, we've done shows, plenty of shows on that sort of stuff in the past. But at the, the, the same time, uh, this is the situation we're in and how we best guide out of that into this other realm becomes the next key question of how, like where, where, how we take things and that transition. I mean, until we have like the full scale automation across the everything, it's going to still end up being a while before like we, we have people talking about the idea of having like a universal basic income. So no one starves. And what we're really trying to get into is someone finally actually put out, I just read an article like earlier this week that was about um, universal access to resources, to, 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 to resources. And like, that's really what we're trying to get to in the first place when it comes to the zeitgeist movement and um, like that. But at the same time, they're talking about like making sure that every person has, availability of food and clean water and shelter and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, and, 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 and this is really where was like my final nail in the coffin philosophically. Cause you know I me, mean? I went back and forth on both sides for, for years, you know, on, on, on what is like, do the traditional ways work or do we need to, like put that aside to move forward. Um, and, and that came to the idea of society, right? And this again goes to the ancient Greeks and all that to bring around full circle. Um, you know, the, the, the ancient Greeks, they, that was like an end of the Egyptians and the Mesopotamians and all of that. Like that was their whole pitch, right? Basically is the reason why they were building these societies is that in by by coming together and working together, um, we could have a better life, right? Because if they didn't have a better life, and this happens many times, societies rise and fall, but when they're not having a better time, they go out and live in the mud out in the forest and stick to themselves and don't have anything to do with society, you know? And, uh, for when it's working... <clears throat> everybody's in the in the city they're in the the, the polis the metropolis you know um and and they're 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 gaining the benefits of, of society and you know what is you know if a society uh the measure of society is how well its people are taken care of right now all of them right so you know not just who's being taken care of the best like you know because that's just greed right um, and, and so what you, you know, just cause Donald Trump is doing real well, doesn't mean that Joe on the street is, is, is doing good, you know? Um, and when you have the kind of numbers that I said earlier, well, you've got a society in failure, you know, if you can't even take care of basic food, shelter, I mean, these are people who never had computers. Or, or any kind of technology, like they barely, like could mix, like they could barely mix straw and mud together to make bricks. All right, and they understood the concept that if you couldn't take care of the people in your society, then then you were a failure, right? And so we see these failures, like Egypt, right? So 
you know, that's one of the things with the great exodus, and everybody's got their own version of it, but well, what it comes down to is that the rivers were drying up, the desert was getting drier, the, the, there was less farmland, they had too many people, and and they couldn't take care of everybody. And so what happened, and when they could, everything was great. They had a great, powerful, wonderful civilization. But as soon as that happened, then you had the, the exodus, you know, the, the, the Jews out of Israel, you know. Um, the same thing happened in Mesopotamia. We've seen it in South America. Um, you know, you take take your pick. The ancient Greeks, you know, they had their golden ages and they had their dark ages. You know, they they had great trade and then they had too much war and they couldn't get their ships, couldn't get to where they needed to go to trade. And then all of a sudden there wasn't enough food. And then everybody just stood up and said, all right, screw this, we're out. And they went, they went and lived in the woods for like, you know, 70 years. <laughs> and then they tried again, you know. And um, and, and that's just that's just how it goes. If if you if you can't take care of people, then your society is a failure. And the only thing your society, if you're going to bother to have a government at all, the only thing it should be doing is making sure that everybody at least has the very basic necessities. And then if there's a little leftover, then we all we can go for the better stuff. You know, we can start doing higher education and all this other stuff. Um, but, uh, you know, when we're doing it on these loan systems, and then instead of spending the money at the colleges, and this is something I saw at you, and, and I'm sure it's the same at all state-funded government, uh, uh, governments, all state-funded colleges across the nation, I'm sure, is what happens is that they, they don't spend the money on professors. Instead, they spend it on buying land and building these buildings, and then you have the rooms are half empty because you don't have professors to teach the classes, but, oh, you've got a nice big chunk of land with a building made out of marble on it that's uh, going to look real great in your in your investment portfolio, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, like, you know, and, and we can't, we can't get anywhere that way. You know, it's just, it's, it, whenever people want to look at things as money being the most important thing, all they're going to do is they're going to do what makes the most money, whatever, whatever it is. Like all these terrible things that exist, all these, horrible things in the black market and the dark web and all this stuff that we're like, that, that we don't like to think about in our society. The only way that can exist is if money trades hands. Because nobody is going to do that horrible stuff for free. You know, like, like it's just, I, I don't know. I, anyway, so I've been very depressed about the, uh, the, the state of, uh, of our world. And you can read all about it in my book, Fake Tattoos. Um, which is available to read on my webpad or my Patreon page, the King for Mayor. It's my Patreon page, uh, page with the number four. And, uh, yeah. But I wrote a romance, and that's, that's going to be available in print on Monday. You want to hear about that? You mean it's actually going to be available, like, in hard, like, a, like paper form? Yeah, paper form. On the internet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Monday. I was trying to get it ready for Valentine's Day, but, um, it's been it's been a, a year since I published a book and I I forgot a bunch of things and so I had to 
I had to redo it for like two weeks to get it up to to the me time publishing standards because it was uh it was substandard but um but it's ready now and it takes um it and this is the delay in the supply chain so I got it finalized this morning and it's gonna take three to five days which is you know Monday by Monday you'll be able to order the uh the paperback books off of off of Amazon or one of the other distributors it goes through. Nice. Yeah. And um, do you have it, like, available for, like, Kindle and stuff like that, too? Yeah, yeah. So Love and Hamburgers is the name of my romance. It's a paranormal romance. I've been really into I've been hanging out in the goth scene ever since I got to L.A., so I'm really into, like, the the, the paranormal and the, the creepy creepy stuff. And, um, and so, uh, um, yeah, Love and Hamburgers is a paranormal romance um, that you can read for free on my website. You can read um, a pretty super finalized version on my uh, Patreon page if you're a subscriber, but it's also available on as an ebook because that's a lot faster than the print book. It's available as an ebook on uh, Kindle. Um, I think it's I want to say it's four ninety nine, um, and uh, so that one is or maybe three ninety nine. I forget, but uh, but yeah, it's just a novella. Um, it's part of a series, so it's a short story, or it's a long short story that that I write every year. Um, and uh, this was the first year of that I finished the first book, but uh, the first one was the toughest because I was nailing down everything to go into the the later books, you know. Um, uh, but it's basically I, I start writing it in uh, October, and so when I write the book in October, you can read it as I write it on Wattpad. Every week I put up a new chapter, um, and then people can give me feedback there before I go to um, publishing it on Amazon. And so when it's done, I'm I'm actually putting out the last um, two chapters on the uh, on, on Wattpad right now, so Friday and next Friday, um, and then the story is complete. Uh, but uh, I've already finalize the, the print version and that's that's not gonna change. Um, um so, so what what is that with the web pad that you were able to put stuff out there for other people to oh, read yeah, about so, like so Webpad has been like one of the greatest writing tools that I've used since I started writing. Um it is it is this website um where it's a, it's a social media for writers, right? So you can write anything. You can write a story or a nonfiction or a short or a collection of shorts or poetry or, you know, whatever. It's very um, non-directional. Um, nonfiction, your thoughts on politics, whatever. Whatever it is you want to write, you can write it. And then it's like your Facebook page. Um, but then it's got your uh, the things you've written, and people can read read what you've written, and you can um, you, basically there's draft mode, and that you can write it when um, nobody sees it but you, and then you can publish it, and then once you publish it, you can you publish a chapter at a time, um, and the uh, people comment on it, and they can comment on the paragraph, so if they're talking about something in a specific paragraph, 
they can click on the paragraph and then leave a comment, uh, which is super helpful if you, you know, if you've done some sort of continuity problem or something. People like pointed out like right away, like, oh wait, that doesn't make any sense because this other thing happened that you forgot about because you know it was like four weeks ago since you wrote that, but they just read it, you know. Um, and so that's like super helpful. And then you can republish, and it keeps a copy of all the drafts you do. So every time you rewrite it, um, it, it 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 creates a new uh, version, I guess, version control. And so if you change something, then like you can always go back. Um, and it's super useful. And then once you got it all done, all your chapters are together. Then you mark it as complete, and then it's a complete book. And you know, people just just a search thing, so people know that you know you're not still writing it. It's actually done for people who just want to read the whole thing start to finish. Um, but yeah, and they have like contests and stuff. And and the, but the thing that really um, saved me because like I was. So, so anyway, so like after college, I, I went on the road and I did, um, um, it was uh, uh, WOLF, and it's Worldwide Organization of Organic Farmers. And uh, so I was going around volunteering at all these farms to learn about farming and sustainability and all that, that jazz. Um, and I was figuring after a year when I was done with it, I'd have a job, but I didn't. And so, um, so I'm in LA, and I'm basically like street performing and and delivering food and doing all this like crap that doesn't pay anything. And uh, well, I street performing was okay, but um, but it, it 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 wasn't enough. And you know, that's that's the big problem I think with everybody in our country is we all feel like all the work we do, we don't get enough out of it to to sustain ourselves. You know. Um, and so my laptop was kaput, like I needed to rescue the hard drive and copy that to new hard drive. It's going to be like 200, 300 bucks or something. And so, um, I did, I couldn't write and it was driving me crazy, but then I got on the web pad cause I could write on my phone, right? Because it's like, it's like, um, they have an app and it's like a, it's a platform, you know? Um, and so I would kind of sound like Google Docs built into it, kind of. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, kind of like that, you know. And so you know, I'd be sitting, I'd be riding my bike doing delivery or something, and I have a thought, right? And I'd be like, oh, that's really good. I got to write it down, and, you know. And so I just stopped because you know, like uh, whatever, because like they're not paying me enough money to rush anyway. And I like sit there and I'd like write like you know a couple of get a couple of thoughts out real quick and then be on my way, you know? And then, you know, I'd be hanging out at the club, uh, the goth club, you know, and, I, you know, I'd been dancing and, you know, while I'm dancing, I'm thinking about, thinking about my story. I'm thinking about my book. And then I'm like, oh, that's a really good idea. And, you know, what I do before is I go home and fall asleep and forget about it. But then I, I sit down and I like start writing. And it got to the point where I, like people were like, I was the guy at the club who was always on my phone. They're like, you're always on your phone. I'm like, yeah, I'm writing the novel, you know. And they're like, ha, ha, ha. I'm like, no, really, you know. And, uh, you know, and, like, I, I remember, like, one night I went to the club, and it's, like, one of my favorite nights, and it's, like, a special night. It doesn't happen very often. And I just wanted to party, but I, I had the I had the final chapter of the book. Like, I the words were going over and over again in my head, like, like, like you know, like a Shakespearean sonnet. And I was like, God damn it, you know, like, like, it's all I could think about that I spent, like, a whole night on my phone. I wrote the last 
chapter of my my book. I wasn't finished with it yet. I just it was just I I knew what the last chapter was. You know, and it hit me. And so like there was it, it's all about you know, and this is the same idea of me time, right? It's all about eliminating those barriers that you're like, oh, I can't do it. You know, like we we need to come to a society where we no longer say I can't do it. I just you know. When people say, I I can't do this, we can say, yes, you can. Go over here. This person will help you or this website will help you or, you know, know, we need to to get the resources to people who are talented at things that aren't resource gathering. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's what we kind of got to eliminate in the – in the way we do our investing, you know, because we're just seeing the same money go to the same people over and over again because the people who, you know, they're out to make money and they know who they can go to and who makes money and they're like, oh, what's your next thing? And then that person gets all the money till they die. And then, you know, and then there's, you know, so what, we got to wait like 80 years? Like when I'm in my 70s, I'll be able to, it'll be my turn to, to get some investment income here to, to do something in life. Like, you can't wait that long, you know? Like, our lives are over at that point, you know? It's like, those are the golden years. So, yeah, as I've been mentioning, I've been, like, writing my own story as well. How would me time help me? Like, I, I'm actually, you, everything you've mentioned about it thus far has gotten me like really uh, attracted to this idea because I'm looking to eventually publish soon. I mean, like I mentioned before the show, I've got over 35,000 words at the moment and I'm looking to get it up to about like 40 to 50 in order to like get it to the point where I feel like I'm ready to publish it because I have like, you know, a few, I've got the basic story written at the moment and I have, I want to go back in and I want to like, maybe add a chapter or two here and there and change a chapter or two here and there and um, fix up some of the things that I don't feel were, um, I, I guess I want to expand upon things that I've already put into it because the story's already there. Do you know what I'm saying? And like, right. how, how would, uh, how would your, your site help me out? I'm, I'm really curious because this could, actually help me get to the next level as well if I just sign on and get involved. Right. Well, okay, so before we talk about me time, let's talk a little more about Wattpad. So, like, I already explained, like, you know, you kind of have the same sort of concept. And, and like, right now, I would say Wattpad is, like, the closest thing to what I want to do with me talk. Right? So let's talk about the differences, okay? So, like, Wattpad, you can put up your stories, and people give you feedback, which is great, right? That's that's what every early writer needs. Now, the problem is is that there's no sort of, um, what's the word? There's no sort of, um, other than, you know, the yearly awards, which they give out to, like, eight, eight pieces or something like that, um, there's no real way of knowing who's going to be somebody who's, like, a serious, like, inspiring author or or who's just some, you know, 13-year-old that's just, you know, retyping poorly something that they read on the Internet, you know. Like, <laughs> it's like, it's, it's, it's so hard to discover um, good stuff, you know. And, like, 
like, um, you know, I have a couple of authors that I'm friends with on, on, on Webpad that we, you know, we all critique each other's books. And that's great that that happened, but that took like, uh, you know, that took more like almost a year for that to come together. And then we're only like a couple of people, you know, um, and, and we're all super busy and we don't always have time and might go for a while without checking in with somebody. And, you know, uh, it's, it's really kind of unstructured. And so with me time, it's more about that creating the structure and having a way to like look at somebody's page and see their membership badges and their, their um, completion ranks and stuff like that and say, okay, this person has worked on a lot of stuff. I can click on their, um, you know, I can click on their, uh, um, their projects that they've worked on and, and see um, how that works. So, so it all starts when the author creates the project. Right, he creates a, a project file. Okay, and the project file is, you know, it's got all the basics in it, right? And it's got to have, it's going to have the outline. It's got to have like a couple of different size pitches. It's got to have like a character list. It's got to have like a sample, uh, preferably from the beginning of the story, but you know, a sample nonetheless. Um, and uh, you know, once it has all that then the author is ready to put it out there and they have to have a basic, not a lot, small number of coins. I, I don't know what it, what, are, what it will be. This is in the future, imaginary. But, um, you know, say like 60 coins, right? Like just to, you know, enough that they could do a little work on their own, take a couple tests, um, watch a couple of videos, and they can earn the coins. That's enough to know that they know what they're they're doing and then they can say, okay, well, I have this little amount of coins, but it's enough to make a project, and let's make sure that my my project is is satisfactory before I put it out there and spend the coins on it. You know, kind of just a little little bit to say, hey, think about what you're doing. You know, um, and then once the project's out there, then um, the project file would have its own kind of like bank of coins, investment coins, and production coins. Um, that are used um, to, to hire people or to uh, mark, you know, um, royalty rates. The author gets a set fixed, I think, 50% royalty rate um, that, that just because they're like the master of the project. Um, and so then they become the me in me time, right? And so, um, so they have their, their project and then People can either say, hey, I like your project, I'd like to work on it, I can edit it for you for this number of coins, um, or hey, I like your project, here's some coins, or like, uh, hey, you know, and the readers, the way the readers work is, is you know, that's a great way to earn small, you know, coins, um, you know, a little bit, but you can earn pretty quickly if you're, if you're actually doing stuff, read people's stuff, give constructive comments, and it's, you know, and whether a comment is constructive or not is based off of the the author, right? The the project runner. So he's like, you know, he gets a comment. It's a good comment. He can throw that for the reader a couple of coins and say, hey, thanks. That was a really helpful comment. Um, thanks for doing that. If it's garbage, then they don't get any coins, and the person probably gets kicked off the site or something for being a troll, you know. Um, but uh, you know, it, it is you people the the 
even though it's a social community, people have to realize it's a social business community and people are there to do do business, right? So, um, so yeah, so you can say, hey, you know, I need an editor. I've got this many coins. Somebody might say yes. You know, basically it's, it's like a, it's like a, you know, it's a social community. And, um, and, but it's all people who are there for the purposes of being professional. You know, you might go to an artist page and the artist has his gallery where he's got different artworks and, you know, you can say, Hey, I really like the style of this one picture, you know, would you be interested in doing a cover or graphic novel in that style? You know, you could do something like that. Um, you know, you can all sorts of things. And, and the other thing too is, is promoters. That's another thing that I want to have on there. I call them marketeers because um, it's it sounds funny to me, but um, but like musketeers. But marketeers and a marketeer could be somebody who helps maybe with your social media presence or helps promote your book or something like that. Um, so now you've got a, another incentive because now these people can get coins for doing that, that they can put into projects they like as investments that they think will make money, you know, especially if it's something that they're promoting themselves. Like, hey, I'd like to promote, you know, your your, your book for this many coins, um, you know, um, and I'll do this. I'll go post on all these sites about how, how much I like your book or something like that, you know. So there's, there's it's, everything goes towards, um, the success of the project, right? Nothing goes against the success of the project. There's no kind of demerit system unless you do something shady, like you figure out some kind of way to scan the coins or something like that. And, you know, we see that you're, you know, doing like something where you're doing like some kind of reinvestment scam or something where the person's getting a lot of coins but not doing any work. Because we'll see, we can see the version, we can see the project and look at the versions and see what work got done, you know. So somebody suddenly got 30,000 coins and they didn't, didn't do any work. They're like, hey, where's the work, you know, that you got for those coins? Or, you know, why did the author give you these coins? Are you pulling something, you know? So it's all, it's all very, very um, self-regulating, you know. Um, so you just going on there and creating a project um, if you have a project that, that's something that people are interested in, they'll tell you about it because they're going to get some coins for doing it. And if it's something they're not interested in and they can articulate why, then uh, they can also get some coins out of it, you know. So e either way, whether you're doing good or you're doing bad, everybody's going to be working towards making what it is you're doing better. That's really awesome. I, I now like feel like I have a good understanding of of it. When you were first talking about it earlier, I, I don't think I fully realized what exactly it was, but now now I, I, I feel like I've got definitely a better handle on it. That's really great. I, I uh, you came up with this platform all on your own as well. Um. Well, I mean, you know, I like like I said, I, I I've been doing this for a while. I've been going on different websites and stuff. And my business plan, I talk about all the the different website, uh, different companies that I look at and what they did and why why I think what they did was right or wrong or how it could be better. Um, you know, so you can kind of see where the ideas generate from. Um, you know, the idea of using the the cryptocurrency. 
um, to, to incentivize people was uh, another website called uh, Steemit that I went on recently, and, and they do sort of a similar thing where people they post articles to the website, and um, by doing that, um, people when they hit the like button, they get um, a certain amount of cryptocurrency based off of how much cryptocurrency the person who hit the button has, um, which has, I mean, it, it, it's the basic idea, but they, 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 they have a lot of problems with it. Like they have bots, you know, that people can use to kind of create fake um, popularity. Like they pay the bot that then likes their thing, and then they get the money back when the bot likes their thing. And so... Like, they, they have a lot of ways to, to game the system, and they haven't really figured out how to deal with it yet. Um, and and yours kind of keeps that uh, scamming, hacking thing off off of the problem. Like, it, it keeps it, that problem out of the feasibility. Right, because that's the thing is, is that, um, you know, um, the people who are actually doing the work if they see something that's obviously uh, a bot or something, then, um, you know, they're, they're going to uh, point that out immediately, you know, because that means that, that all of a sudden they're not going to be getting, that's taking work away from them, you know what I mean? That's taking away what they do because um, it, it's, it's, it's it, the, the website, since I can't build a robot that writes books, I'm building a website for people that write books, you know, and so that's, you know, the, that's, it's basically the same idea. And this is where I'm like kind of trying to build the, the framework, the, the structure for educating the book writing robot is that, you know, if I can create a structure that helps people write better books, you know, it's the same thing. The, the robot's going to learn how to write books the same way people are. So if we can make uh, an environment that makes people Eventually, someday, yeah, we'll have a, 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 our great robot author, you know, um, but we don't need him right now because people like to write books. So, you know, um, if we create that, that structure first um, for the people who do like to write books, then, then we, don't, we don't have to worry about when the robot comes along, you know. Um, and, and so, of course, putting any kind of, like, we might have robots in the website that, that you know, are marked that are ours that help people, like kind of automatic helper, um, you know, programs. But, you know, nobody using the site is allowed to be a robot. And if they are, it's going to show real quick because they're not going to have a very high rank. They're not going to be helping people. They're not going to be, um, you know, be able to pass the kind of achievements that are needed to prove your, your um, abilities uh, in each craft. Um, each membership. So, so yeah, it's, 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 that's, that's really the, the, the key there is to, um, to, to, to have the information available in front of people so that they can see if it's legit or if it's BS, you know? That's awesome. Thank you. Like, I, I, I really appreciate all of this. Like, this was, um, I, I hope that other people that listen to this show get as much out of it as I have gotten out of it. Because for someone who's at 
uh, the level of progress that I am at with with uh, writing a book, everything that you've told me about today and what you've used, I plan on like getting into within the next like couple of days myself, just to like. Um, yeah, definitely get on yeah. one pad one day. Like, like yeah. it, it doesn't hurt. Like, you know, you can always unpublish. You know, if you want, like, like when fake tattoos right now, it's up there. But when I go to the print, it's I'm gonna unpublish it. You know, from the the website because at that point, you know, it's 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 a novel. It's time to to, to buy the book. But till then, you know, I have no problem with people reading it on there. And of course, if they're one of my Patreon subscribers, they'll they'll always get all of my books for free. That's kind of my deal. Um, you know, they get the they get the ebook automatically, and then. At the end of the year, they get a print version of the book that I wrote um, that they helped, you know, help me create. Um, autographs, of course, for extra extra value. Um, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you gotta you gotta do what you can, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, so um, yeah, yeah. Um, definitely get on Wattpad right away because then you get feedback. And, and that's great. It might take a little while to get views. The best way to get views is to find other people who have stuff you like to read and read their stuff and comment on it. And they'll probably check you out as well, you know. Um, right. I did a lot of marketing on Love and Hamburgers, so um, that went, that, that's that been going really, really well. Um, you know, I did a whole video YouTube campaign thing and, and – um, you know, I made ads for it like a month before it came out and like video ads and like it's free. Come read it every week, you know, um, and that's really helped. And, um, you know, and having people read and comment and and people when people comment, it shows up. If you go to their page, you can see what they commented on. So, you know, you can you can go ahead and, and say, oh, they, they really are enjoying this. So let's see what it is. Um and so, yeah, so Wattpad's great for, great for that. I just want to take it up to the next level. And, you know, I had thought about contacting Wattpad, but, uh, you know, they have their own thing going on. And, and I'm, I think that should just stay as it is because uh, those, you know, those 13-year-old writers who aren't that great are real popular with other 13-year-old writers who aren't that great. So, you know, that's great, right? You know? Um so yeah, why not? This, 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 everybody should have access to something to help them along. Um, yeah, but Love and Hamburgers, you, you got to read it. It's I, like I, I, I have the if you download the the sample off of Kindle, right? I tell people it's like Pringles. You know, you can't just have that one chip. You know, you read the beginning, and you're like, no, I got, I got to find out where this goes. And, yeah, you're uh, like a drug dealer. First mix is free. <laughs> Yeah, and so, so 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 a theme in both books, love and hamburgers, and and fake tattoos, is, is this kind of idea of where we draw the line between magic and mental illness. You know, because like one of my favorite sayings is that you know uh, uh, religion is just uh, is just acceptable form of mental illness, right? You know, like. Like I see, I believe in something that that I can't prove exists. You know, if it was anything other than religion, you know, they'd lock you up, right? So, 
<laughs> so, you know, it's like, so with magic, you know, we all have those, you know, friends or been those friends. Um, hey, I believe in magic. I, uh, I believe in God. I believe in all that stuff, you know, but am I, am I crazy for, for, for thinking that stuff? You know, um, if you don't ask yourself that question, I think that's, that's when you're crazy, right? Um, and so uh, both books kind of play with these ideas of, is, uh, you know, of course, coming from the psychology background, um, are, you, are, are you magical or are you mentally ill, right? And so um, with Love and Hamburgers, uh, the, the characters are, so there's this girl, her name's Liz. Um, it's the Rick and Liz saga. So Liz is, she can see the future. I think they call it pre, precognition. She has precognition, right? And she's had it ever since she was a little girl. And the only way that she can stop it, because she hates it, right? Because you imagine if you knew everything that was going to happen to you and there's nothing you could do to change it, no matter how hard you tried, no matter what you did, it was going to happen, right? Now, how, how, how sucky would that be, right? So that's what she's dealing with, right, is, is this issue. And so she's found that the solution is to get wasted drunk, like, all the time, right? Like, she started doing it when she was, like, in, in high school and at middle school and high school, and then, and then when she was in college, she just, like, went full bender and never came back. She finished college, but, you know, she's just wasted all the time. She can't find a job. She's broke. She owes everybody money. And so um, she's just got to get out of town, right? And so this guy walks into the bar and she's like, this is a guy, right? And so, um, you know, like, uh, he's like, well, you know, I'm going, I'm going to Los Angeles to, to get an In-N-Out burger, right? Well, it was originally In-N-Out, but I changed it. It's Out-and-About burger now. So I'm going to Los Angeles to get Out-and-About burger. You want to come? It's like, wait, no, I can't, I can't do that. You're nuts. And the other thing is she's a phone addict, right? That's the other thing that takes the mind off the future is, 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 Facebook, right? So she's always on Facebook, and her, and she's she's like, no, no, no. She's you know going to tweet about the um, or whatever about this what happened where this guy like was going to take her to, to um, Los Angeles to get a to get a hamburger, and um, and her phone's dead because she's been on her phone all night, just wasted, and the phone's dying, and she can't tweet it, and she's just standing there, and she's like, well, shit, I'm not doing anything else. And so she runs off and, you know, it's like, yeah, let's go. And um, so they start heading across country um, to um, to Los Angeles. Well, she doesn't have any money on it, right? So she can't, she just can't get drunk. And so the the future vision is, is overcoming her. And this is the, this is a really cool thing about it too, is um, so studying, artificial intelligence and psychology, bringing it all around. Um, so the, the frontal lobe, right, the, the, the front of your brain, um, forebrain sometimes it's called, but it's, it's, it's how we predict the future, right? It's how we kind of know when the glass falls off the table that if we don't catch it, it's going to smash on the floor. We see it in both states at once. We see it smashed and we see it caught. And then we kept
Uh-oh, we lost Ken here. Uh, he got cut off. Uh, sorry about that. Um, I get where he's going with that, though, as um, it seems as if he's talking about um, that uh, Schrodinger's thing where it's both things are happening at once, and then the time to actually something happen happens. And we actually finally get to that point where where the actual thing itself happens. So I'm not sure exactly what happened here with Ken as to uh, why he got cut off. Um, However, I am seriously thrilled with how this whole show uh, came out thus far. Uh, I hope everyone else it's the opportunity to take as much uh, out of it as I have, as what he has been talking about is definitely on uh, the forefront of, of the social zeitgeist of the day and like the spirit of our times. Oh, here he goes. He's back now. Hey, can you hear us now? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Trying to connect your talk show. Yeah, it doesn't seem to be working. Sorry about the lull in our presence here, folks. Um, Ken does seem to like he's going to be trying to get back on so that we can wrap things up. We could just uh, be a little bit more patient. I'm sure uh, we will get to that stage. Yeah, he's just going to try and call back in. Yeah, he's almost here. Hang on. I sincerely apologize for the lull in in, uh, production at the moment. Uh, Again, though, I would like to thank everyone for having joined us. Uh, Yeah, I hope everyone uh, gets as much out of it as I have, especially if you are an inspiring writer yourself, aspiring writer yourself. I will uh, probably add some more into the idea of this show along those lines when it comes to um, not just how, like, yes, Ken is an old fan, uh, an old friend of the show, uh, but it's also like he has definitely left a lot of great information here for uh, new writers and how they can definitely get some more information on uh, doing things themselves with that kind, with, with the kind of, um, 
sharing opportunities that uh, we would all like to see if, say, we were uh, in the Venus Project in a couple decades and so on. Like, these are the kinds of things that we're still working on today, and, and we are still part of that transition uh, in order to get to this this kind of um, idea. And, like, these, everything he's been speaking of is, is definitely part of the, the steps along the way of, of what we're getting to. Uh, this just happens to be one of the areas of opportunity that we are uh, steadily encroaching on, which happens to be like uh, for writers as well as um, uh, for different opportunities for, for other people along these lines. Uh, as you mentioned, artists and so on. <clears throat> oh, there we go. He's back. There you go, man. Are you there? Oh, hang on. I'm sorry. I, I had a... Yeah, I'm here. Yes, I... Uh... Uh, a couple months ago, I had this really awesome phone, and then I was doing deliveries, and the phone popped off my handlebars because uh, it had, like, a phone holder, and uh, which happens all the time. It's usually not a big deal, but as I hit the brakes, um, it, it was the, the wheel was on top of the phone, and it was screened down, and so I just skidded out, like, half a L.A. block on this phone, and uh, so I had to buy, like, the cheapest possible phone that I could get that I could still do work with, you know? And so sometimes it, it drops out, I guess, after uh, a two-hour call. It, uh, <laughs> it was like, what? You can't still be talking. I'm going to go to sleep now, <laughs> you know? Right on. Um, so you yeah. were talking about, like, uh, the idea of the glass falling off the table when I had mentioned to people. Oh, about, yeah. Yeah. Like, there's that idea of like a Schrodinger's box where the cat's alive and and dead and and it comes to the next moment of of the actual thing happening. Right. Yeah. So the scariest thing I learned in neurology is that our entire world is a lie. <laughs> like 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 we don't what we see of the world uh is it's completely uh it's like a fabrication right we 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 actually see like little tiny we see probably if we're lucky like one or two percent of what we experience as reality like we take that amount of information in um and then the rest is like our brain's best guess of what the universe looks like and so like once you once you hit that level then you start go, like deeply spiraling into nihilism and um and and you're multi track tripping on uh on the trolley on the trolley uh paradox, right? Um he's like crush them all, they're not real. Um <laughs> but uh but yeah it's uh it's you know um so the forebrain is what um Basically, it does a lot of things, but one of the things is, is, is it keeps us from dying. That's like, it's like, you know, we're, we're, we're taking actions now that might not cause us to die now, but might cause us to die 
later, you know. Um, that's its main job. And then it also, um, you know, can be used for for guessing things, imaginary things, like um, like say if I am looking at a mountain, I might not know what's behind that mountain, but I can take a good guess based off of the uh, information that I've I've gathered from from hearsay, you know, or 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 um, what I've seen behind another mountain, like like I, I would imagine that it would be something like that, you know, um, or it might be different based on something else. So the forebrain does a lot of things, and it's where a lot of the creativity comes from, and it's what we use to play chess and all and, and all sorts of sports, and it's it's super useful. Um, it's it's super useful for letting you know that you need to duck when an arrow is flying at your face, you know, uh, stuff like that. Um, and so, uh, which is basically, that's what um, this character Liz is, is experiencing. She just has, has a, a super, like, if you were to say, okay, it's not magic, right? You're going to say it's mental illness or, or, or actually not mental illness. This is where they use a neurological diversity. She's neurologically diversive in that she has a, a, a super active um, frontal lobe, right? Um, so and that's, and she experiences that as visions of the future. Um, but, but, um, if you drink alcohol, what does alcohol do? Well, it 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 stops the forebrain from functioning. It's the first. It's your higher function, right? So so when your body is being poisoned, uh, which is what alcohol is, um, it tries to um, conserve the 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 lower functions, which is heart beat, lungs breathe, um, you know, uh, eyes open, that kind of stuff, you know. Um, that's that's kind of like the lower brain, so that's always the last to go. And so, if somebody's drank themselves to death, they drink a lot of alcohol. Like they like way too much alcohol. Um, like you should you should fall asleep before you drink enough alcohol to die. In theory, unless you drink it really really fast and it's really high. Like if you just if you just down a gallon of Everclear, you probably die. You probably die. Uh, if you didn't go to the hospital, but um, usually you don't drink that fast and you pass out before that happens. And before you pass out, you'll start stop thinking about the future, right? And so, <laughs> because it won't be important to you, you know, people talk about being drunk and living in the now. Well, you know, that's exactly what's happening. YOLO, um, because they they have no they their their brains are physically incapable of understanding what the next day is. They, they, that's like a, 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 a concept. The predictive text is broken. <laughs> right. Which is why when we have, um, you know, people, so I won't say all people, but some people in life turn to alcoholism um, when they know that they have something to deal with that they don't want to because it's a way to put off thinking about it because if you don't think about it and you haven't thought about it, then you can't do it right now because you haven't thought about it. So you drink, so you can't think about it. You know, like, like, you know, people with bad relationships, they drink, you see them drinking and complaining about their relationships because they, if they get drunk enough, they'll go home and not think about breaking up with the person, which they, you know, think it might be, it might be worse to be alone than, than to have, or, or they just, 
you know, afraid to have to deal with it or, you know, um, whatever. Um, so, so that's, that's kind of what's happening in the story, right? Is this, 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 um, woman, Liz, she's like 26 and she's, she's just drinking. So she doesn't have to deal with how she's supposed to live with her life as somebody who can see the future. Um, and so, or it's just that point, of, or maybe it's just a point of habit at this point. It's not sure. But uh, so this guy, Rick, well, he also drinks a lot. You know, that's kind of the reason why they get along well. Uh, but he drinks a lot because he, he used to be a rock star. And, but he's not anymore, not because he drinks a lot. Um, you know, you can certainly drink a lot and still be a rock star. And he's certainly talented enough. Um, he just hates being famous because he feels it turns him into an asshole. And so he's kind of, um, you know, he's, he's ruined a lot of relationships in his, his life. And while he still, you know, spends times with these people and he still hangs out with them, there's still that, that, oh yeah, I was that colossal fucking asshole, right. Uh, that comes up, you know, and that's, it's ever present there whenever he talks to people, you know, that he knows. And, um, and so, you know, these are two people that just kind of don't fit anywhere in life. And so they, they just kind of band together and travel together. And, you know, um, and, and Liz, Liz's broken sobriety is, is broken as in broke, no money. Sobriety um, is kind of forces her to kind of have to, to deal with these issues. And because, you know, Rick is there. Um, he doesn't, she doesn't tell him what's going on, but he knows there's something happening and, you know, and so that's kind of the, the contentiousness of their, their relationship. So I'm, I'm really happy with it. The, the first book actually took me two, two years to write. It started off as a short story, um, for a school project and there was no psychic powers or any of that other stuff. It was just two people getting drunk and on a road trip. Um, but, uh, it's reading to more on that than that. And, um, the hard part was writing the, the middle because, um, in the middle of the book, uh, they, they end up in Denver and they end up in the, the hip hop scene because of, uh, Rick's ex-girlfriend, um, slash manager, ex, ex-manager, um, who, one of the people he dumped on, they, they hang out with her, her new boyfriend, he's a rap artist and, they spent a bunch of time in this, this culture, and I tell you the truth, um, two years ago, I didn't really know much about it. Um, you know, I knew it existed, but I, I uh, you know, I was living on farms in Texas and Washington uh, and stuff like that, and so uh, I, I wasn't really, I, I, I didn't want to misrepresent the, the culture, and that really, that really made me hold back um but then i since i spent the last year in la here i've been really just uh you can't avoid it there's a ton of culture here and you you walk down the street and people are going to talk to you and you're going to talk to them and you know and you're gonna you're gonna catch you're gonna catch a vibe and i finally caught enough caught enough of a vibe that i felt i could really you know represent these characters because you know this is especially not ever but especially these days you don't want to misrepresent 
people of color, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to, you don't want them to be victims, right? Because that's the social narrative that's fed to us by the news. You don't want them to be, you know, criminals or, or bad people, another social narrative fed to us by the other news. Um, you know, uh, you you want to make them people, but you don't want them to. Make, you don't want to make them white people that have black skin. You know, you want them to be real. You want them to to represent real people that people can can believe in and believe that yeah, this 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 is definitely like a real person. And you know, writing the 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 big difference I've seen really between what I was writing when I was in college and what I'm writing now um, is not only a matter of craft and, and, and just doing it a bunch of times and, and understanding how words go together and stuff like that, but it is also of experience. And I think uh, fake tattoos and love and hamburgers, a lot of what's in there is real experience that I, I uh, you know, when I had a thing that I wanted in my book and I didn't know what to write, I just, I like, where's that thing in real life? And I go there and I say, okay, all right, this is what it's like. And I get out my phone and I start writing it down, you know? <laughs> and then sure, that was like between... I was earlier in this, in earlier in the show, like we writers write about what they know. And if they don't know about something, they need to go out and learn about it in order to, then process it and experience it and understand it and, and make it a part of themselves uh, for, for lack of better terminology, until you can grok a thing, you, you can't um, really express it to another appropriately. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And, and um, you know, and uh, if you're here in America, it's there. If you want to go, and and know something. I mean, you can go and know something. Uh, if you, if you can't, then you can certainly find somebody who you can ask and just say, "Hey, I'm writing a book, and I don't want to sound like an asshole. You know about this? Can you tell me about it? You know?" And most people will say yes. Most people love to talk about what they know about. You know, that's one thing that that that's true in life. You ask some, you want somebody to be your friend. Ask them to tell you what they know about something they they know. <laughs> you know, for sure. Yeah. But yeah, dude. Thank you so much for coming on. I mean, this was a really informative show for me, and it was awesome being able to catch up with you and find out what you've been doing since like I actually like saw you uh, when you came out to, to see me like right outside of Philly where I used to live and like my life has also changed a lot since then. But, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But at the same time, um, like it's, it, it's, it's really been like amusing to see like your progress from where we first met to where you are now, you you seem like you've accum continued to accumulate a lot of knowledge and and not just um, hold it within yourself, but to then, like I was just saying, like express it to others in, in a way that seems uh, like it could be very palatable for a lot of people in your stories. 
Yeah. Well, thanks. Yeah, that's the, that's the kind of the, the idea because, um, you know, I feel my, I, I should say my favorite things in life is, um, you know, when you're watching a show on Netflix or, or whatever, CW or, Maybe it doesn't happen quite as often on CW as it does on, on some other channels. But but when you're watching something like a really great sci-fi series or whatever, NCSI, and it's you're watching it for the show. You're watching it for the characters and the relationships with each other. But while they're having these relationships, that's what you tune in for. They're also doing things and they're, they're, you know, they're investigating crime scenes or they're trying to get to fix the engine on the ship or, or something. And if they're, they're good writers, even if it's something made up, they're going to add enough realism to to the job that you can start to understand how that job's done, why that job is done, the different tools that are used. Uh, like, I mean, god damn, Rob, like the stuff that I knew about investigating crime scenes after watching all of Dexter. Like 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 you know? And it's like you know, it's like, man, I could be a crime scene investigator and that's like what I think any good story should have has to have those elements in there where where yes you're going on an adventure you're you're falling in love with people um but you're 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 learning something along the way and it's making you think about the world differently and it's making you think that you can do something different you know and that's really um you know what I'd like to see I think in, in all stories like the Hunger Games was was it, you know it's great it's all about um you know it's all about the emotions of living in that kind of society but then what's the the solution it gives us it gives us the same old solution we'll have a war and 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 kill each other and then the new person who takes power they end up being the bad guy so you got to kill them too so on and so forth. So you kind of get left with this, you know, even though you have this great emotional story, you're left with the, the, that that shows the plight of people in real life. You're not you're not getting to the solution, you know. You're not getting to any answers out of it, you know. Whereas it is where maybe you're watching a just a hokey crime drama, but you know they're they, they're looking at it and they're saying, okay, how do you how do you stop a murder? How do you prove a murder happened? You know, they're, 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 they're coming to um, conclusions to the, the problem, you know, that are, 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 are feasible and realistic. You know, what do you do when, when somebody is falsely accused? You know, how do you act? How do you behave? And, and what people see on television or read in books, then that's going to rub off. And they're going to say, hey, you know what, that, that actually is a good way to behave. That is a good way to be a good person. You know, that's a good way to solve, come up with a solution to a problem. That's, you know, um, that's that's something I never thought about before. And now maybe I'm going to go and think about that some more. Maybe I'm going to hop on Google right now and, and type in, you know, this scientist name that I heard that was mentioned briefly in this, you know, uh, historical fiction to see all the things that they invented. I mean, I love that, you know, and I try to, to 
put at least in my books, put everything I can. So one of the things that you'll learn, uh, you'll learn actually a couple of things in Love and Hamburgers. You'll learn how to drive a stick shift if you've never done it before. Um, throughout the entire adventure, Liz doesn't know how to drive stick shift, and Rick does, and along the way he teaches her. And so you, you too can learn how to drive a stick shift by, by reading my book. You also can learn a couple recipes, how to cook a couple things. Like, like I, I put these little things in there that are like, you know, hey, the story is about this, but, hey, guess what? Now you know how to make syrup bread, you know, the, the classic Alabama way. You know, like there's 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 that stuff you know that's that's in there, and, it, and if you want, you can go back and get it. You know. Yeah, that's awesome. I totally understand where you're going with that. Yeah. Uh, there's uh, it's some of the things you were just talking about. I actually watched uh, this weekend uh, the show called Mind Hunter. I think you might like it. It's uh. I thought that is so good. Oh. You, you have seen it. Okay, there you go. Oh, Everything oh, you were just talking about reminded me of that, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry I didn't mention myself. Yeah, that's a, a great example. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, these well, people are doing they're... stuff, but they're also, like, bringing about all these, like, they're, 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 there, there are these relationship things that are going on it, and then there are like these different aspects that you were just talking about about how like they were learning how to do these different things themselves, and like it, it was nice, it was fun to learn along with them, and then to know that this is all something that like actually happened, and it is its own historical fiction in its own rights. But like, yeah, I, I really appreciated that. Right. Yeah. And what I really love, what I really love about that is that they had this idea and it was so foreign to anything that anybody had ever done before that like, like even like the smartest people in the room, like the chief or whatever, it's like, I don't know what the fuck you guys are doing in that basement, you know, like, like, but whatever, as long as I don't hear any complaints about it, you know, kind of a deal. And then of course he hears complaints about it. And, you know, and so it's that whole, that whole, process where they're they you know like they they it's something that they don't know how to do yet and they're just they're 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 doing things right and they're doing things wrong and they're calling themselves out on it or at least having somebody call them out on it um you know when they do and so you know because it's important not only to learn the, the right way to do things but also to learn the mistakes right because right. If, if people can't see the mistake well, they'll say, well, there's no, there's no reason why I shouldn't do this, do it this way. And then the next thing, you know, they, they, they've uh, electrocuted themselves trying to build a time machine, you know, <laughs> you know, so, so you have to, you have to, you have to show people like both. Cause if they see, Oh, that's the, like, you, you know, you like to bring up the monkeys, the monkey see monkey do. If they see the monkey fail, then they know that that's, that's a fail. They don't have to do it themselves to know it's a failure. Right. Just as it is with the successes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it definitely showed some of their failures and, and successes as well. And how in some ways they like, they, they used immediately some of their odd, strange failures and turned them into like uh, successes right away. That's, that's part of what I appreciate about it. Like there was stuff in that that was going on, like in a conversation, like, and then like, in one conversation in one episode and then like by the end of that episode or like an episode later they were like 
these things were actually happening. Like uh, the girl was even talking about how like uh, she was showing interest in a person. Like she crossed her legs towards her, towards the other person and like leaned into them uh, while really intently listening. Then you, right. see the, then you actually see the, the, like the, uh, the serial killer doing these things to him. And and I found yeah. that to be like fantastic, like yeah, like, yeah. storytelling, and like right. like that was that was really great because it, it showed how he was actually getting himself pulled into the situation, and it was yeah, it was really brilliantly done, and it just reminded everything you were talking about there just reminded me of it, but. Yeah, that's that's, that's that's one of those things you can tell you set something up right is when the person reading or watching is getting it at the at the exact time that the character in the book is like they're they're just like a slight step ahead of the person in the book or the character, right. and so like like you're 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 picking up on it right before they are, so it's kind of like Blue's Clues, like where where's the speakers? <laughs> where's the speakers? <laughs> Have you seen the speakers? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I think that's a perfect spot to to lay to to start to wrap this up on because we're heading so. to like the two and a half hour mark. And while I love long conversations with you, um, my girlfriend's probably waiting for me to to like go get dinner and stuff. And uh, but like seriously, thank you so much for for like. Uh, reaching out to me and and setting this up and and making this happen. This was filled with all sorts of information that's going to like help me along the way. And I, I hope that other people that listen to it also get as much out of it as I have. And it was really great catching up with you again after all this time too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. It's it's been far too long, and and maybe we should uh, you know get off our butts and do this more often. Right. I, I would have no issues with that. Um, do you uh, have anything else that you want to add in there? Maybe uh, add, like restate some of the ways that people can uh, reach out to you so as to ensure that uh, they can um, like help get access to these things, the, all these different resources that you were talking about, such as uh, like checking out your Patreon and checking out um, – your, yeah. your writer's program and stuff. Yeah, so uh, if you go to, um, this is the easiest thing to do, right? So you go to the King 4 Mayor with the number 4. So the King, the King 4, the number 4, Mayor.com. All right, it's my, my I think, easiest, it's easier than trying to tell you how to spell my name which if you can spell my name, you can also just type .com at the end, and it'll take you to the same website. But uh, those who, who can't spell French last names, uh, it's, it's the king, the number four, mayor.com, and that takes you to my, my personal website. And from there, you get way too much information on me and the things I've done in my life because there's been way too many. Um, and uh, I'm going to put up on the front uh page where they can go to uh, my webpad in my uh, Patreon. Uh, till then, you can just kind of hunt around for the individual projects on uh, on my page. You can find uh, fake tattoos, and you can find 
um, loving hamburgers on there. And um, yeah, that's the that's the easiest easiest way to get in touch. And by the way, uh, I know I know you've been busy because you're like a big corporate Wall Street guy now, right? Something like that. Um, oh yeah, right. I wish. <laughs> <laughs> And so, uh, but you 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 haven't you haven't uh, you haven't read my books yet, and I think you really should, especially fake tattoos, love and hamburgers. This is much faster read. Um, but uh, they do but, seem really uh, up my alley, to be honest. It's it's like uh, I I feel bad having not read them, but you definitely piqued my interest to say the least. Yeah, definitely have to read fake tattoos because um, yeah, that is. Like the, that that's like the, the answer to the question that you and I have been asking each other for God knows how long now. That's that's my that's my final answer on the subject. Um, and of course, it's not the, the end of the story, but it's it's my final answer on the subject. Um, so you should if anybody should read it, you should read it. And uh, you have the link. Um, so so you should, yeah, give it give it a gander. You can read it on your phone, uh, real easy. And uh, yeah, that's it. That's all I gotta say. Read my book. <laughs> Fair enough, man. I appreciate it. Well, yeah, I appreciate again, it everyone, too. Uh, that happens to listen to this in the future, uh, I, I know uh, a good, say, hundred or so people download uh, new episodes pretty much the first week that things happen. Then from there, it trickles down to about like seventy-five to like. 25, depending on the week that afterwards, uh, I, I still appreciate the fact that there are uh, a couple hundred people out there that are continuing to, to listen on a regular basis. Uh, since I have been uh, re-putting out new uh, new shows, uh, so thank you very much for for uh, listening in on this one and for uh, your patience on some of our technical difficulties and. Uh, yeah, that's about it, man. Thanks, thanks again, Ken. I appreciate it. Have a good one. Yeah, thank you. You too, man. Talk to you later. Bye. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.